Fennel. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard the Enigmas with Monsters in the Basement from the Halloweeners 7 inch EP put out for Halloween in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada in I think 1984 or 1985. Other bands featured are The Bags of Dirt. The Scissors, The Enigmas, as I mentioned, Stab em in the Abdomen, and Tartan Haggis. Of course, Tartan Haggis turned in eventually to Real Mackenzie's. And of course, The Enigmas eventually turned into kind of The Real Mackenzie's. And today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Paul McKenzie of 
the real Mackenzies, who are playing next Thursday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at Richards on Richards. Now, the real Mackenzies weren't the first kilt-wearing band out there in Radioland. No, I think that might honour, that Canadian honour, might have actually gone to the great Scots, who I love, and will mention at any opportunity I can, from Halifax, Nova Scotia. So, right now, here are the great Scots from Halifax, Nova Scotia, with That's My Girl, and in a whole bunch of real Mackenzie-ish type tunes. Again, Tartan Haggis turned into the real Mackenzie's, and we're going to ask Paul Mackenzie all about that on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the great Scots from Halifax, 1966, wearing kilts.
You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar de Human Serviette Radio Show. Today on the Nardwar de Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Paul McKenzie from the band The Real McKenzie. Z. Paul McKenzie has been in a whole bunch of other bands, and we just heard there from the Enigmas, the Windshield Wiper. And before that, from the real McKenzie's Thistle Boy. And before that, from the Enigmas, Teenage Barnacle. And before that, from the real McKenzie's Scots Way. And before that, the Great Scots from 1966, not featuring Paul McKenzie from Halifax, Nova Scotia, although wearing kilts with That's My Girl. And we began the Nardwarty Human Serviet Radio Show with the classic Enigmas track, Monsters in the Basement, from the Halloweener 7-inch EP, which I might have maybe confused with the band Tartan Haggis, who are also on that 7-inch EP. It's just the Real McKenzie's have put out so much stuff, and there's like there's five CDs by the Real McKenzie's. There's two Enigma EPs, and then there's that Halloweener thing, and there's a bunch of other assorted stuff out there. Actually, not that much on the Enigmas variety. They never actually put out a CD. They broke up well before that ever happened. But there's just so much of the neat Real McKenzie stuff out there, and we're going to get a chance to be able to ask Paul McKenzie some questions. Yes, you too, listeners. 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. If you have any questions for Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzie's. Now, I thought we might have played the Tartan Haggis song Loch Ness Monster. Tartan Haggis turned into the Real McKenzie's, kind of. I have to ask Paul a, a little bit about that, although I might have said that it was Monsters in the Basement by the Enigmas. Again, just getting confused over and over again. But here right now is the Real McKenzie's doing the song Nessie. And we will also play Tartan Haggis's version of Loch Ness Monster to see if they're similar, if Paul carried on the idea all these years. But right now, here's the Real McKenzie's with Nessie on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwar de Human Serviette Radio Show.
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, caller? I am here. Hey, have you ever had deep fried haggis? No, never have. Uh, you got to get your ass to Scotland and have a wee bit. It's just awful. Everything is deep fried there, isn't it? Even Everything Mars is deep bars. fried. I've seen it like they've been able to drop like watches into those deep fryers, and they've even <laughs> deep fried watches. I saw that actually on a TV show. It was amazing. Wow. Who are you? You want to see how time fries. Ba-boom. And who are you? Uh, my name is Paul McKenzie. I'm a lead singer with the band The Real McKenzies, and you are listening to CITR. And that last song that you were listening to is called Nessie. It's about the Loch Ness Monster. And we actually had somebody that wanted to buy that song. It was Lipton. And they wanted to use it on a Nest Tea commercial. And I told them to go piss up a rope. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Now, what are your qualifications for doing something like that, Paul? All your years in rock and roll. Doing make, something like what? Turning down Nest Tea. Well, um, you know, if, if I have to pay my rent, I'll pick up a dirt spoon or a hammer. You know, I don't have to go and make decisions that I might um, have to live with my whole life, you know? Like, oh, you're the guy that did the Nestle commercial. But you guys already did the Molson commercial. We did the Kokanee commercial. That's beer. It's got alcohol in it, Nardwar. It's not tea. But tea is Scottish, though. Ah, uh, well, you know. Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's. Who else is in The Real McKenzie's? Well, we've got Dave Gregg from DOA. We've got Dirty Kurt Robertson from Curious George. We have uh, Matthew Hawley, who's a bagpiper extraordinaire. And uh, hold on a sec. Um, all of you people out in Radio Land, I want you to say hello to Dave Gregg. Hey, Dave, say something. Hi there. Hey, how you doing? Hello, Dave Gregg. This is Nardwar to Human Serviette. Hey, Lord, we're a long time. It's been in a hell of a long time. I think it's been like 20 years since you... In fact, you were one of the first people that I interviewed on the Nardwari Human Serviette radio show in October of 1987. Well, you know, it's, uh, that's sort of my business, is launching careers for guys like you. And it's kind of interesting because you were on the show with a member of Curious George, and now you're in a band with an ex-member of Curious George. Well, that's, uh, that's curious, to be sure. That was when you were on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show playing live, and you played that Madonna song. Remember that Madonna song? You did, like a, uh, you did, like yeah. you did a great version of that Madonna <laughs> song. I don't know which one it was, but you were playing the bass. And a friend of mine was listening to my show and said that was the best show I ever did, and I should have quit right after that show, October 1987. Oh. So I'm glad you're back on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show here, Dave Gray, because now we can bring in a new 20 years again. Thank you for joining me. Hey, well, it's really great to hear your voice and uh, what can I say I'm, I'm thrilled to be on your show again but you're in the real Mackenzie's what's I, going on there you were at that time in the rock and roll band DOA well what's happened these past 20 years Dave Gregg hey you know I'm, I'm, I'm just getting on a plane here they're, they're actually paging me okay well so I'll tell you that story later okay <laughs> okay well thanks very much Dave Gregg I guess we'll Dave Gregg <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait another 20 years to find the answer to yeah. that actual question, Dave. Well, thank you. But people can check you out next Thursday night playing with the Real Mackenzie. Yeah, baby. And that's at the Richards on Richards Club in Vancouver, Bridge, Columbia, Canada. Oh, Dave, just quickly, where's Chuck Biscuits, an ex-DOA drummer? I've always wondered, where's Chuck Biscuits? You know, I can't really divulge that. I'm in touch, uh, I'm in touch with him, but that would, like, uh, you know, that would be telling if I told you where he was. So he's not playing in Vancouver when social distortion rolls into town sometime no. soon. Yeah, I mean, if you need to get a hold of him, I can, uh, I can hook you up, but... Uh... 
He did email me once, but he said he couldn't tell me anything because his tongue had been cut out. So I was a bit scared ah. about that, Dave Gregg. No, that's, that actually hasn't happened. Listen, Nordwar, I got to go. They're, uh, they're going to load the plane without Okay, me. well, thanks so much, Dave, and do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> yeah, to you, too. That, that'll work from Dave Gregg, a 20-year returnee to the Nardwarty Missouri Radio Show. Is Paul still there? Yeah, he is. I'm going to give you back to him. Great, thanks. All right, later. See you at the gig. I'll see you on Monday. Okay? All right, take care. Hey, did you do the do-do-do-do-do thing to him? Yes, I did. You know, I had a weird dream about you, Nardwar. You were in Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Nardwar, and instead of going do-do-do-do-do-do-do, you went do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I think you were singing something about some uh, sweet Nardwar blue eyes or something like that. Well, I feel honored to have been in one of your dreams, Paul well, McKenzie, hey, of the Real McKenzie's. Uh, you know, the, the human serviette is the stuff that dreams are made of. Well, thank- all of you people out there in Radioland, you got to meet this guy. He's one in a billion. Well, thank you very much, Paul McKenzie. Hey, you I'm, actually I'm did- not blowing smoke up your eyes. I'm telling you the truth. Now, ask me something pertinent. Well, I would like to say thank you for hooking me up with Dave Gregg there, ex-DOA. Well, the last time here with him. The last time he was on the Nardwarder Human Serviette radio show was 20 years ago, in October 1987. Hey, now, do you want to hear something so that's amazing that we're- intimate about what just happened over our beer? Yes, go ahead. Uh, Dave Gregg is a card-carrying member of the SPCA. That and is... he showed, not only did he show me the card, but he let me touch it. <clears throat> and the last time I used that clout, I was down in Yale Town, and there was this squeaky blonde woman in high heels with a little hairless dog. And the little hairless dog was pinching a loaf on the sidewalk. And she didn't clean it up. And I said, pardon me, ma'am, but don't you think you should clean that little warm turd up? For I, I know someone who was a card-carrying member of the SPCA. But she didn't clean up her shit. Typical. Paul McKenzie's, speaking of real McKenzie's and S's, etc., and numbers, how many people have been in the real McKenzie's over the years? Can you name some of the names? Because I was thinking Glenn Kruger, a guy who used to be at CITR Radio. He was a drummer at one time in real McKenzie's. Glenn a- Kruger. A- oh, there's a name that puts shivers down my spine. And, of course, a- you know, he's, he's related to that guy in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know. And, of course, A.O. Chapman, Aaron Chapman from CITR Aaron Radio. Chapman, I wanted to fire him after the first gig. He told me he was a bass player, and he wasn't. But he so was he a- ended up being a bad penny whistle player. And now look what happened. Now he's in the town pants. Yeah. Writing his life memoirs. Get- yeah, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Let's see who else. Richard Press. Yeah, and I'd like you to explain what they look like, too, and what they're going to look like at the gig. Like, what did Glenn Kruger look like? What did A.O. Chapman look like? What do you look like? What does Rich look like? Well, let me, let me tell you about the alumni first. I think we're up in about 40 people. We've broken many, many men. And uh, and women, as a matter of fact, too. And um, for some reason, I'm, I'm invested with the fortitude, you know, the genetic fortitude that I can keep on doing it because my people have been drinking since before Christ, you know. So I have a lot of a lot of uh, genetic help in that respect. So um, anyway, what does Rich, Rich Prisk is big? He's huge. He's a wall of a man. And uh, as a matter of fact, I've been uh, sort of trying to get him uh, on board in case we need another bass player. I've given him all the CDs, and he's uh, he's off doing his chops. He's a computer guy now and living in kits and blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Um, we've gone through a lot of pipers, and, uh, yeah, it's getting up to about almost 50 people now. 
the piper you have now wears a mohawk. Yep, that's Matthew Hawley. He's a, um, a distant relative of Admiral Hawley. You know that one that uh, Paul McCartney sang about with the butterfly and uh, whatever that, you know? No, I do not, but that's a great connection. Yeah, well, Admiral Halsey was actually uh, a big uh, admiral <clears throat> during the wars. So who is in the band right now? Dave Gregg is on bass for sure in no, Real McKenzie's. Dave Gregg plays guitar. Oh, he's playing guitar. Yeah, and we have a guy called Bowen, and his real name is, get this, Mark Boland. And he also does power clowning, too. That's Bo true. And I say, I say, hey, um, have you got T-Rex syndrome? And he says, that's not funny. Who else has been in the real Mackenzie's? There's got to be more. Throw out some oh, more I, names there. I could there. go on and on and on. Because um, you've there's, had... There's, you've, there's been a lot of people. You've uh, had some celebrity members. has been in the real Mackenzie's. Randy Bowman has been in uh, X Enigmas, guys. Jeez, um, we've uh, we've had lots of people. We've had uh, the Exploiteds um, guitar player up on stage with us playing. We've had uh, people from No Effects. Um, Fat Mike played on our last record. We've uh, let's see. I kicked Metallica, the Metallica guy, off. He wanted to do a solo during Thistle Boy, but I booted him off stage. He was a little too uh, a little too uh, emo for me. Which Metallica guy, and where was this? This was in. Uh, it was a big race car or a big race track in uh, England. I can't remember what the name of it is. It starts with a D. Uh, Donington. That's the metal festival. Donington. We were opening up for the big show there, and uh, during Thistleboy, the guy comes up and you know he wanted to you know kibitz around with us and be one of the boys, but he was wearing pants. <laughs> So I told him to get the hell out of here. And uh, the, the English people wanted to kill us. The security was having a hard time holding back some of the, the scrotters because um, Dirty Kurt opens up and says, Good morning, you poofy English cunts. <laughs> they just wanted to kill us. They were like, they were like um, rats in a cage trying to get at us. It was really cool. How many gigs has Dave Gregg done with Real McKenzie's? Was he with you in Japan? Uh, well, uh, let's put it this way, Nardwar. Dirty Kurt had a baby. And so when I was talking about going to Japan with no effects, his wife said, he's not going. And I says, okay, Kurt, you take care of this. Now you get a guy. And he says, well, I'll try to get the guy that taught me how to play guitar. So next thing you know, Dave Gregg's calling me and we're on our way to Japan. <laughs> and uh, it, took him, uh, it took a little while to break him in. I mean, he hadn't been punched in years. So we started slapping him around a bit on the plane over there. And by the time he got there, he was all black and blue and ready to go. There's a picture of Bone. Oh, and he was drunk, too. Drunk, black, and blue, and ready to go. And Bone was naked. What's that picture of Bone naked that I've seen circulating around? <laughs> well, um... A naked Bone. I came walking into the dressing room, and the, the band was conversing, and as soon as I walked in, they all stopped talking, and I said, what are you guys up to? And they said, oh, nothing, you'll see. So here I am, blah, 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 singing for the band. And in my peripheral vision, I see these little pink and white blobs, and all of a sudden the whole band is naked. I can't believe it. And then um, the last um, the last tour we did in Europe, the last show, little Joe broke his hand in half with lots of arterial spray and everything and had to be airlifted out to a Swiss hospital. Now, who's little Joe? Little Joe, uh, he's our bass player, and he plays, he's from San Francisco, and he plays Rich Kids on Acid. Stellar guy, really accomplished musician, and a great guy to be, you know. So anyway, he disappeared, and we had, the manager comes up and says, well, I guess the tour is over. And I said, 
man, you really don't know. All these years, I thought that you knew me. You don't know me. I looked at him in the eyes and I said, the show must go on. So we did the show with no bass player and no piper. <clears throat> so what um, the band said, well, we, we got to do something. We got to do something. I said, I'm doing something. I'm going to drink these 24 backs. So anyway, they're thinking and thinking and thinking, and we're going to go on stage. <clears throat> and um, the drummer sets up his drums where I would normally stand, <clears throat> no means no style, sideways. Bone and, uh, and Dave are butt naked. So I just stood in the mosh pit and sang from the mosh pit because I just couldn't stand looking at that. It was just absolutely in stereo. So anyway, that's, um, that's the last show that he played naked. And actually, Bone was going to do it, and Dave said, I can't let you do that on your own. So, you know, that's camaraderie with guitars. You know, I guess it would have been different if they were wearing G-strings, but then they wouldn't have been able to play as well Paul because McK the, the G-strings would be on their tuckus instead of their guitar. Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's playing, to, not tomorrow night, playing next Thursday night. Next it, Thursday. Next Thursday. And if you drink enough beers, it's Thursday. On March the 15th at Richards right. & Richards in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. If anybody has any questions for Paul McKenzie, it's 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. And of course, you can and ask... it's not the St. Patrick's Day gig, you know, so get your whiskey on. You know, get out and celebrate and do your shamrocky thing and your thistly thing. There's a lot of uh, Scottish, Canadian, Irish stuff to be had, and so let's do it. Paul McKenzie, which member of the Real McKenzie's fought Christian Slater? He's out of the band now. Who fought Christian Slater? That was uh, a guy called Anthony Walker. And uh, he didn't stop at fighting Christian Slater. He eventually fought everybody and then himself and knocked himself out and we couldn't use him anymore. Do any of Poor these, these ex-Real McKenzie's come to the gig? Will there be ex-Real McKenzie's at the gig next Thursday night? Periodically, I wouldn't doubt it. But, um, you know... If, in such a volatile environment, it's kind of like um, having a volatile relationship and uh, you just kind of stay away from each other. <clears throat> um, there are some people that there's a little bit of bad water under the bridge and whatever. But, uh, you know, we're all over that and we're ready to uh, to clink glasses and this and that and the other thing. But um, like I say, you know, <clears throat> you can never have too many friends. And forgiveness is a personal thing. You know what I mean? Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzie's. I played a whole bunch of Real McKenzie's related music. I played the great Scots from Halifax. Have you ever heard those guys from yes, 1966? They wear kilts. What can you tell me about the great Scots? What do you know about the great Scots? Wearing well, you know, um, I, I listened to that album so much, it, it, I began to become depleted, and I had to iron my kilt. They made it all the way to, like, Hullabaloo, didn't they? They made it uh, oh, pretty yeah. big time. Yeah. And um, there's, a, there's a whole lot of things. But you know something? We don't hold... Uh, an, uh, a franchise on Scott's music. And, you know, sometimes the, the boys say, well, you know, we did this and we did that and we did that. The bagpipes, are, they're, they're, it's a Celtic thing. It's pre-Greek, you know, and all of the notes have been played before. It's just how you play them. But what about a rock band wearing kilts, though? A Canadian rock band wearing kilts. Were they the first kilt-wearing Canadian band to I, rock well, out? Know, they've got chenille as well. Have you seen that album cover? They've got the Bonnie Prince Charlie coats and chenille, a little doily stuff coming out of their sleeves and on their collars, and quite impressive. Now, could you imagine having to tour in that stuff? I mean, that stuff is, um, it's really um, um, high maintenance to keep all that stuff. And, you know, I mean, when we're on the road for a year, it's really hard to, to 
iron your stuff all the time. And this is why I go for leather boots, kilt, spore, and leather jacket. It's a, a utilitarian uh, Scots punk look that just serves us well. I mean, you can roll around in the gutter, get a little water on you, brush yourself off, and you're ready for the dentist. Paul McKenzie, we also played a whole bunch of Paul McKenzie-related music, like Scott's Way Hey, then Teenage Barnacle by the Enigmas, then Fist. You didn't, do you know that that bloody song, I wrote that song on a whim, and it stayed on the top of the charts there at CITR for two bloody years. I couldn't believe it. Could you imagine how screwed up people must have been to like that song? I can't stand listening to it. Well, we played Teenage Barnacle by the Enigmas. and we Don't played, do it. We've already played it. And we played Thistle Boy by Real McKenzie's and in Windshield Wiper by the Enigmas. Oh, now, there's a good song. And looking back at the song Scott's Way Hey by the Real McKenzie's, I noticed a no, song. No, no, no. Say, say it after me. It's Wahey. Wahey. Scott's Wahey. Wahey. I noticed it's on it's the... Robert Burns' poem. And it's, it's Scott's Wahey. Have ye? Thank you very Scots much, Paul McKenzie. Ye. It's Scots on the. Wahai, it's not on the. Way hey. It's, it's on. Say it, Nardwar. Scots wahahi. Scots wahahi. Yeah, it's what have you? What have you? And it's Scots on. Wahai. It's on the IFA record label. Has this ever been reissued at all? No, uh, that was. Uh, we scared the hell out of Sub Pop. We went down, and they were gonna sort of buy us some mashed potatoes and gravy at the Crocodile Cafe. But we ended up grossing them out, and they didn't want anything to do with us. And so we released our own record uh, independently on IFA. Have you ever met up with those guys since? Sub Pop? No, IFA. Uh, yeah, they, they had a couple of uh, things. I see the guy, Richard, that used to own it periodically. But they hate us, because we would go down there and just destroy. <laughs> I'd go, you know, I'd go out to the store and say, well, we should get some whiskey. And I go to the store and I say, okay, should I get a really good bottle or a half a case of really bad bottles? So I got a half a case of real bad bottles and everybody went crazy. <clears throat> Dirty Curtain, this other girl, um, this was many years ago, of course, they were, um, um, photocopying their nether regions and pasting them up on the wall of the office. And so by the time the people came in after the weekend, there, were all, there was all this black and white pornography fluttering on the walls. It was just disgusting. And no you, wonder they didn't do another record with us. You were released from IFA, but then you ended up on Sudden Death Records. Yeah, we did, because no one else would have us. And boy, was that ever a mistake. The Clash of the Tartans. Five <laughs> CDs you have out. This is quite impressive. Five CDs. Yeah, well, we're working on another one. And then you made it to Honest Dawn's record label. That's right. That's a subsidiary of Fat. And now you are on Fat. You are on yep. the actual Fat Honest record Donald label. Honest said, hey, Mike, why do you say you put him on this label? And Fat Mike says, okay. And aside from the excitement of being on Fat Records, you have some excitement coming up next Thursday night at Richards on Richards. Yes, and we're we speaking do. And here. Hey, um, um, let me get. To, I'm getting a bit sidetracked. Let me tell you about the itinerary. Um, I mean the uh, the alumni here. We've got um, Sean Sellers from Good Riddance on drums, Stellar in Your Pocket drummer, um, and Little Joe was his buddy. He's a really great bass player, and now he's got a Swiss watch hand because he uh, he's got titanium chains from breaking his hand in half in Switzerland. You should have seen the look on his face when the air lifted him out. How did he break it? Did he just fall it, over? Well, it was all rainy and muddy, and he took an <clears throat> SVT cab and uh, surfed it down this big muddy ramp. And upon lifting it up, he had his hand under the bar on the top, and it came over on him and smacked his hand in half. 
Oh, it was horrible, all sorts of arterial spray. I had to drink a whole bottle of vodka to get over the shock afterwards. Who else was an alumni of the Real Mackenzie's Ball? Well, let me tell you about the, the lineup here. So we got Matt Hawley on bagpipes. We've got Dirty Kurt on guitar. We've got Bone on guitar. We've got Dave Gregg. Three guitars. Count them. Three guitars. <clears throat> and uh, Little Joe on bass. <clears throat> and um, me, of course, Paul McKenzie, lead singing. Um, but, you know, if, if I would have to really sit down and think about all of the people that we have had in this band. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. It's well, should we to be about 40 or 50 Should we put the, the call years. out right now? If you have ever been in The Real Mackenzie's, please phone in right now to CITR, <laughs> 604-822-2487. money, you tell them just to piss right off. 604-822-2487, UBC, CITR. You can also go down to the gig next Thursday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at Richards on Richards. There's some exciting times now for The Real Mackenzie's. You're in, in negotiations with Iggy Pop. You're getting close to... <laughs> touring with Iggy fact, Pop. Dave is, uh, is setting it up. It's a 50-50 chance. But, um, you know, even if we don't get these shows, they'll know, they know about us. They've got our press kit. They've got our pictures. And there's always... I think I just disconnected from Paul McKenzie. Hello, are you there, caller? Yes, I am. Are you a member of the Real McKenzie's? No, but I always wanted to be. Okay, well, unfortunately, I dis... No, no but I know him. I want to say something here. Okay, go ahead. Why don't, why don't you tell... Can you ask Paul who sold him his first bass guitar? Okay, why don't you hold on the line for a second and give a bit of background on Paul McKenzie and the real McKenzie's to the listeners out there while we try to reconnect to him. Well, Paul, he's, uh, he's one of the best enthusiastic uh, dudes around. And he wants to get there, and he will play with Iggy Pop. When did you first encounter Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzies? In high school. And how did that happen? Well, this is the question I want you to quiz uh, Paul. Who sold him his first bass guitar? Okay, caller. We'll just hold on the line right there. We'll try to reconnect with Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzies, who are playing next Thursday night at Richards and Richards in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Okay, the phone is ringing. Let's see right now. Hello, caller, are Do you, you there? remember when I, you could put a quarter in the telephone and it would let you talk as long as you want? Well, those days are gone. No, I made the mistake. I disconnected you. Oh, it was you, and here I was cursing Telus. Well, I, I, I had a good time. All the people were looking at me. And a caller phoned in to ask you a question, and then the, I put the caller on air, and then now to answer to you, I disconnected the caller. You, didn't you call yourself a professional serviette? The, the human serviette. So, caller, if you're there, please phone back, 604-822-247, to ask your question to Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's, or if you... Out okay, here we go. Let's hope that I don't disconnect you. Caller, are you there? Hello, caller. Okay, caller, are you there? Hello, caller. Here. Go ahead to Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's. Paul, who sold you your first bass guitar? My first bass guitar. That would have been, oh, geez, the first bass guitar. It was a real piece of crap. It was a Fender copy, and, geez, I can't remember, but I remember the second one. No, you're right on on that first one. You're right on. Well, who, come on, come on. Don't keep us in, in uh, suspense uh, okay. here. Come on. Uh, uh, you wanted to name your first band Anyus and Apus. I? Anyus and Apus. Anyus and Apus. Oh, man. Is this really German? No, it's George. Hey, how are you? Yeah, George Peck. 
George, are you still working for the post office? Uh, no, they got rid of me. Oh, well, you know what? You, it don't it don't feel so bad because you, you, you can't lick stamps anymore. They have self-adhesives on the back, and it's just horrible. <laughs> Paul I'm a stamp licker from way back. Paul McKenzie, how does George DeCaller fit into your life story? <clears throat> George Peck uh, and I went to school together, and as a matter of fact, I remember the guitar that George sold me. And then I played it upside down and backwards exactly the way I play now. Hey, George, you coming to the show? Oh, I'd love to. All right. Hey, Paul, remember uh, we used to be at delinquents down in the West End Community Center? Yes, I remember. And you uh, pulled out that, uh, uh, we pulled out one night, we pulled out the trampoline, and we put it in the middle of the field there. <laughs> and you pulled out your saxophone. That's true. We, we, those were the days. Boy, did we ever party back then. No, Open air saxophone practice in front of yep. the old folks' home. Was, That's true. That we, walked, we walked the, the geriatrics. Hey, you know what I got last time I was in Hungary? What? Ten pounds of that really hot paprika that you can't get here. I still have a little bit of it. It's excellent. Burn, baby, burn. And you know what? I still know how to say Jera Juri Jorsa Jufai Jaba Jufai name. Right on, Paul. Nice hearing you. Well, Excellent. thanks very much. Hi, everybody. Where are you, George? Thank you, George, the caller. Really appreciate you phoning into Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show and do 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 do. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And if you've been in the Real McKenzie's, or you have a question for Paul McKenzie of Real McKenzie's, or you've gone to school with Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzie's, 604-822-2487, UBC, CITR. When did you first become punk? Did you really see the Sex Pistols in Texas? Is that true, yes, Paul? Yes, I did. What happened there? How did that happen? You saw I the Sex Pistols. I was to get into the show. You actually went to Texas to go oh, yeah. to go to see the Sex Pistols. You know, Texas isn't really that far away. From Canada, it sure is. No, it isn't. When you're a young child, please explain the circumstances. I circum- was never a young child, Nardwar. Please explain the circumstances behind that, Paul McKenzie, seeing well, the Sex I, Pistols. I wanted to see the punk band, and I also I've, I saw a whole lot of punk bands, and now we get to play with them. You know that we got to play with 999? And you told them not to do homicide. No, I said only do homicide once, you guys. And you were very kind to these punk bands, weren't you? Like, for instance, you said to the Stiff Little Fingers, not not to open for you. The Stiff Little Fingers were going to open for you? Uh, no, that was 999. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. But, we're, you know, we're, uh, we've done that sort of thing with the Misfits and everything in London as well. And personally, I don't give a rat's ass what position we play in as long as we get to play. The Iggy negotiations. Just as I cut you off there, you were talking about the Iggy oh, negotiations. Right. Um, Dave Gregg knows the manager. And... Uh, we have a um, 50-50 chance of playing Philly, New York, and Chicago. But it's going to cut into our European tour, so there's going to have to be a little jostling done. However, if it does fly, we're going to do it, because we haven't played America in three years, and we're really going to have to break that biscuit again. How close have you been to Iggy Pop previously? Have you ever met him before? Have you ever seen him play? Like, How close have you been, been to him previously? I've been to just about every Iggy show. The last Iggy show I was at in Vancouver was at the Labatt Stadium. And I was kind of boycotting the show because I'd seen the Pogues the week before and those bouncers there were fascista. And I was just going to get in a whole lot of trouble. So I just sat down there and said, well, I'll just listen to it. And the scalper came along and sold me a ticket for two bucks. And so I go there. And the next thing you know, as soon as Iggy played, there was a storm into the orchestra pit. And it was an excellent mosh pit. I'm so glad that I went. And uh, they played 16 and all. they played everything. I was elated. So it was really, really, really cool. So you're pretty close to maybe opening for Iggy on the East Coast. This won't come to Vancouver, will it? Mm, no. 
we, we probably won't be doing that here. When the Real Mackenzies are on tour, are you joined by different pipe bands? Like, haven't you played with, like, the SFU pipe band? Have other pipe bands joined you because they see, well, some guys in kilts, so they join you? We have, but you know something? We've kind of learned, that, I mean, it's such a regimented environment. You know, the whole pipe thing, it's, it's an offshoot of the military thing, and it really doesn't rub well with us because we're really not that regimented. Um, the last time the SFU pipe band played with us at the Commodore, um, I mean, they're, they're all really nice kids and all that, but I mean, we were, I think it was because I was just uh, really drunk and loud and running around and, you know, pressing my ass up against everything, and it was just horrible. But they're good, they're good kids, but we don't really um, do that regimented thing. But not to, not to say that we wouldn't do it. If someone came up and says, hey, can the pipe band play it? Say, sure, why not? Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzie's, when did you first meet Dave Gregg of DOA? What's your first memory of Dave Gregg? Now he's in your band. Okay, the first memory of Dave Gregg was uh, not only in DOA, but he was in a band called Private School. And uh, as a matter of fact, the bass player of Private School sold me my third bass. <laughs> um, anyway, we eventually got into a band called the Greasy Spoons. And, um, and we, that was with Bill Barker and Ian Tiles and myself. And uh, that was one of the first times I ever really got to know him. And I would imagine that would have been in the late 70s. What sort of gigs did you see Dave perform? What do you remember about Dave on stage? Well, I remember he lit his Fender Telecaster on fire, Jimi Hendrix style at the Buddha, and the fire department came. <laughs> And at that time, were you in a band? Like, were you playing a boot at the Buddha? Did you ever play at the Buddha in any bands? Oh, yeah, lots and lots. But I, I think that night I was just hanging around bugging Latchman. I, was, I told him, I said, you know, you shouldn't drink Pepsi-Cola and milk. It's bad for you. And look what happens. He died. And you are Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzie's playing next Thursday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, right. with at the Real McKenzie's. Otherwise known as Richard John Richards. Did the gun club really try to steal your cat? Well, the gun club, and this is a really interesting story because I've always been a really, really, really big fan of the gun club. I thought that first album was just excellent. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I still listen to it. But anyways, um, the gun club was playing at the town pump, and there was all of maybe about 20 people there. I couldn't believe it. So um, I invited the band back to Scotland Yard, that house that I used to live in on Powell Street because it's not far from the town pump. And, um, you know, set them up with all of the uh, the things that they might need for a Canadian tour, if you know what I mean. And the bass player was this attractive Japanese girl, and she tried to steal my cat, Liot. Now, how did you discover this? Did you just see her walking away with the cat? Like, how did you see this? Well, she kind of bonded with the cat, and um, we were, you know, the doors were open and everybody was having a good time. And when they were leaving, she tried to take the cat. And I said, no, 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 that's my cat. And um, But it, I was kind of honored that she would want to steal my cat, but he was a pretty cool cat. What are your memories of Town Pump gigs, like the gun club at the Town Pump? Um, the mem one of the mem my fondest memories of the Town Pump was when the Enigmas played there, and we did this new song that we did called I Want to Ride My Bike. And I don't think we ever recorded it, but um, I had a 650 Triumph uh, Bonneville, and uh, before the show, I took the spark plugs out because what I do, it's part of the act for me to start the bike up and, and rev it to the sound of, of the music, the introduction. <clears throat> so I took the plugs out and put a half a teaspoon of 50-weight oil into the cylinders so that when I was going to go and start the bike, I'd torque the plugs in and kick it over, and it would have big plumes of smoke coming out of the exhaust. And, you know, for the visual effect. Anyway, I get up there and do that, 
And then I'm singing the song and doing the lyrical thing and twisting the throttle to the music. And for some reason, I forgot I was in first gear and I popped the clutch and popped the wheelie on the stage. Man, people were jumping out of the way. He's coming to get us. He's nuts. And I, I, I hit the brake and the front wheel came down just in time before I embarrassed myself. But Brian Adams came up to me after that show, wiping his face from, with emulsified oil. He says, I didn't really appreciate that. And I said, that wasn't for you, Brian. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, that's one of my favorite memories. Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie, 604-822-247, UBCCITR. If you've been in The Real McKenzie's or you have a question for or Paul McKenzie. Or if you want to be in The Real McKenzie's. 604-822-247, UBCCITR. We have Paul McKenzie live here on an Artwork Human Service Radio Show. I don't want to mention this, but I'm going to mention this. There's bands like the Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly. Now, hold on a second. Don't get mad at me. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Those names are always dropped around you. Now, they perhaps have similar elements to the real Mackenzie's. But what I want to talk about here is outright stealing, kind of, where Green Day, who is not always mentioned with the real Mackenzie's, did they take the song Mainland yes, by the real Mackenzie's and turn it into Minority by Green Day? Yes, what are the, they did. Yeah, they even ripped off the video. Yeah, what are the similarities <laughs> between Green Day and real Mackenzie's, i.e. Minority and Mainland? Well, you know, the thing is, is that those guys, you know, they're, they're grasping at straws and they have to stay on the top and you know the old anecdote of uh, average artists borrow and great artists steal I think that's one of the elements that we're talking about here but in terms of the uh, flogging Molly and dropkick Murphys um, no I, I don't, really I don't, I don't to those two bands um, they're so vastly different from one another oh yeah no I don't want I don't I don't, don't want to really talk about them I don't want to give them any airtime or anything like that but I just was wondering oh, of course we'll give time to Green Day because they of course well, of deserve course. the airtime, but they, got cute little but they have a they, their song Minority came out after your song Mainland. Yeah, and oh, yeah, much after actually. And how similar are the two songs? They're pretty damn close, aren't they? <laughs> very, very close. And you think that they might have even copied your video? No, I think that Tony Walker sold it to them, and he's just not telling us about it. Wow. I think that that's what's really going on, because Tony is not above doing things like that. You know, he's a self-serving individual, and you can't really blame him for that. He's a co-writer of that song. But, uh, you know, and he's got a cute little haircut, too. And it's really funny. He started wearing black eye makeup after that song came out. Isn't that weird? Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzies, the St. Pauli football team. Oh, yeah, that's Hamburg, Deutschland. Now, they use the one. Choice. They use your song as like a theme for the soccer players to come on on stage? Yeah, well, we wrote a song for them because they're our soccer team. I'm, I mean, I'm not really into spectator sports at all, or any sports for that matter, but um, that soccer team, it's the punk rock biker rebel choice um, team. And I mean, they've gone up into the second division a few years ago, and that's the highest they've been for a while. But they've been together since 1910. And um, it's just, you know, all the punk rockers and bikers and leather-clad doishers come, uh, come together into the pubs, and so we wrote a song for them. Did they invite you down to perform the song, or is that another stadium that you performed we, at? We did play on the Reeperbaum in uh, Hamburg, Deutschland, a few years back for the, the, uh, the team's party, and we also played at the stadium, and uh, they really like that song. And is that where you met Joe Strummer? That's where I first met Joe Strummer, yeah. He's a, he was a member of the St. Pauli fan club. And he came over, because it's just a skip across the pond, really, you know, from England. 
I mean, what, what were their affairs and all that being so cheap? And you can uh, come over to the Reaper Bomb and have some good beer and listen to some punk rock and watch the soccer game. And he invited you to the Mescalero's last gig ever? That was at uh, Tower Records in Los Angeles. I, I, w I was invited there, and I had Corona beers with him and met his family and the band. What a great band. I mean, I, it's a long time since I've seen a band live in an environment like that and then listened to the record, and it was note for note. And that was his last gig ever at Tower Records. Yep. How about Shane McGowan? You shared some drinks with him, too, haven't you? Yeah, the, the guy, he's so talented, and he's so wasted you know it's uh, it's kind of too bad where did you but, uh, encounter he did him was he burned dirty kurt's kilt where did you encounter him uh, at the commodore and also at um uh Moycam and uh, we backed them up in uh at Moycam in england at the punk rock fest there and it was really funny he's uh, again he just he kind of blew it how did he burn the kilt this well, was a he, cigarette uh, he took a lighter and burned Dirty Kurt's kilt. And if I was there, I would have slapped the piss out of him for doing that, that dumb Irishman. But anyways, um, he ended up, um, yeah, he was just right out of it. He was on all kinds of things. And and uh, I remember him in his heyday, and he was quite inspirational to all of us. And uh, unfortunately, I think he got his, his face smashed in by some punks in London not long ago. So I think he's got teeth now. And uh, I, I hope everything works out for him. But again, you know, the guy, if he's not plastered out of his mind and, and really screwed up. He's quite a quite an interesting individual. Done any more gigs with the Bay City Rollers at all, Paul? No, but we did one here. <laughs> In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, we did. Now, what was their reaction to the Real Mackenzies? Like, if Shane McGowan burns the kilt, what did the Bay City Rollers well, think? Well, I got off on the wrong foot with those guys because I came to soundcheck and Stick was behind the, uh, the soundboard. And here are these guys, these long-haired, skinny guys, and they're playing white boogie. And... I says to Stick, I says, is this them? And he says, yeah, he's got the microphone on and they can hear through the monitor system. I says, what are these fucking bastards? Can I say fucking? Go ahead. Okay. I said, what are these fucking bastards playing stupid white boogie for? And they stopped playing. I said, we heard you. So anyway, I stormed out and last... The lead singer comes running up to me, says, I don't pay any attention to them. How are you doing? I'm with the Bay City Rollers. And then he whispers in my ears, you got any drugs? <laughs> Hilarious. So I set him up, and it was a good show. 604-822-2487, UBC CITR, to speak to Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's, who are playing next Thursday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. A rare Real McKenzie's gig. You don't play a lot of gigs in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, do you? No. We're, uh, we, when we're here, we're normally at home, you know, and we, um, in between tours and all that. But um, things have been changing in this city uh, over the past few years. It used to, You remember the days when it used to be really, really big, the whole rock scene and everything, and it's kind of different now. How it's, often did you play in the Enigmas? Didn't you, like, practice every day of the week and play every day? a week pretty much too didn't you like how often did you play in your older bands um we pretty much had that kind of a schedule set up for ourselves we would uh, go to work and then rehearse and then do gigs as often as possible but like i said it was a different ball of wax back then there was a lot more opportunity like you had to bring your own pa and your own lights and your own sound man but you'd get you know you'd have to play three sets and uh you also get something like three or four thousand bucks per show, so it was quite lucrative. And uh, nowadays, it's all topsoil theory, which means upside down. Paul McKenzie of the Real McKenzie's touring and such. I saw some really neat pictures of you in Belgrade. What was that like? What was the venue like in Belgrade? It was a really big. 
big venue. It's an old opera house. And so, you know, there was a lot of... It was set up acoustically for vocals, and once you get big PAs and stuff in there, it just makes a, a, a wash of a sound. So um, the sound wasn't that great there because of all of the concrete surfaces and everything. But the uh, the gig itself was really good. Lots of turnout, and uh, of course there was the whole political aspect, and the, you know the journalists and all that were asking me about what I knew what was going on there. And I tried to skirt that issue because it was a really sensitive spot. I mean, there were still big holes in buildings from rockets and stuff like that. But um, quite, um, quite an advanced city. What type of venues did a Real Mackenzie's play in Europe? Because I have a quote from you, Paul, that says, quote, Paul Mackenzie says, there will be three houses in a field. You will be playing in one of them. Yeah, that's France. And it's kind of weird, you know, some of these gigs, we, we pull in there and there's nobody and there's nothing around, just in the middle of a field. And all of a sudden, as soon as the sun goes down, the, the Smurf punks come out of the forest and start drinking beer and it's a really great gig, you know, by the hundreds. So is it gigs in fields and in gigs in halls? Is it all over? All over, whatever we can get. You know, there's a lot of festivals out there and all the, the punk kids bring their tents and, and do their little camping punk rock thing as well. And It's not too expensive and everybody has a good time. What was the Rock for People festival like in the Czech Republic? Rock for People. That was good. Czech Republic is always a really interesting thing. And what other bands have you seen over in Europe when you've been there touring and stuff? Like, have you seen any Canadian bands out there? Has we, it- we, I couldn't believe this. We played this uh, this big festival with the Misfits in Belgium, and over in the eclectic tent, not on the big super stage, was none other than Skinny Puppy. <laughs> So it was a good time heckling those bastards. Did you go and try to talk to him at all? Do you ever remember playing with Skinny Puppy in oh, Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. I, I know the bass player quite well. He's a nice guy. Um, I think his name's Mark or Mike. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, we uh, we went over and heckled them. And uh, the last band I ever expected to see, and this wasn't that long ago either. What sort of heckles would you give to Skinny Puppy there, Paul McKenzie? I'm just curious about that. How would you heckle Skinny uh, Puppy? You know, the Bugs Bunny stuff. Your mother wears army boots. Your brother blows bubble gum. Feed that dog. Feed it. Paul McKenzie, when you're, out, when you're out there with the real McKenzies playing and stuff, does anybody bring any Enigmas records at all for you to sign? Or what's the connection between the Enigmas and real McKenzies fans? Are they proud of the Vancouver history of you, Paul McKenzie, and all the bands you've played in, and Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, that sort of thing? Now you have Dave Gregg's, you've got the DOA connection. Well, um, they're, they really like the collective vinyl there, and every now and again you get someone who, uh, who knows the secret and that, but... Uh, as much as I'd like to, uh, to sign that kind of stuff and, you know, kibitz about and all that, um, the here and the now is where I'm at. But speaking of that, we're going to have an Enigmas reunion in the fall. That's very exciting. Yeah, but first I have to uh, bring back a couple of members from the dead, exhume them. The tunes really sound great, although you don't think the tunes sound great. I think the tunes sound really great. Well, it's, uh, it's not the, the writing of the initial song, but the recording quality really bothers me. I think some of the recordings sound great, like the Windshield Wiper EP sounds great and Teenage Barnacle sounds great. Yeah, well, you didn't have to record them, Nardwar. <laughs> and I suppose it's okay, but, you know, um, it's this- like being a, a logger. And, and how is that? Well, you have to have an axe analog. It's not digital. 
Well, what I think is interesting about your releases are that they're on 12-inch and they play at 45, so the sound quality is great. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Flat, black, and groovy with a hole in the middle of them. Why did you do the 12-inch EP and not just like a little 7-inch EP type thing? Because we had a lot of vinyl lying around at the time, Nardwarm. And um, the big wide groove is always excellent. I, I still have those. Some of those are my favorite ones, you know, the dance mixes and stuff of my record collection. And that big wide groove really, uh, really makes a difference. And that's why we did that. That is very exciting about the Enigmas reunion. And you mentioned that there's some Enigmas footage on YouTube that people can check out. Yes, there is. It's, you... uh, we did some stuff for Channel 9 way back in the day. And it's that you at the New York Theater dancing around doing like Question of Temperature and a couple other songs there. What, oh, yeah. How what do you, embarrassing. What do you remember about the New York Theater and gigs there? Because there were tons of gigs at the New York Theater. I remember, um, I remember Ian Noble punching Dirty Curtain, suckering him in the face when he was with Curious George. And all the Curious George fans were up in arms. And when Mike Ness took the stage, they started spitting on him. Now, if that was me and they started spitting on me, I would just leave. I would take the money and walk. But he stood there and knock-kneed and crying out to stop spitting, and it was really kind of embarrassing for him. That was one of the uh, the premier moments, I remember, from the New York Theater. Is that Mike Ness of Social Distortion? Yeah. It was really kind of pathetic. But um, that place is haunted. It's got a really weird vibe to it, don't you think? I just loved it. I haven't been in there in years, and, of course, it became that theater, and now the future is kind of uncertain yeah, as to I what will happen with it. Yeah, it's really interesting it what's going to happen. Wouldn't it be for somebody to buy that and start doing gigs there? There were some people trying to get some money together to try to do that and turn the community center. I'm not sure exactly what happened. but wow. they were. and then you could bug Nick. I used to live right behind there, and whenever I made lasagna, I'd always bug Nick because that, my lasagna was better than Nick's. That's Nick's Spaghetti House. Yeah. Still there. Just like I the, said, hey, Nick, come over here. I want you to try some of this lasagna. Well, speaking of food here, Paul McKenzie, and winding up here on an Artwater Human Survey Radio Show, the local dish. You love to sample the local dish, don't you? Like you went all the way to Moscow in oh, the real yeah. McKenzie's and you sampled the local dish. What's it like sampling the local dish? You were saying the other members of the band are more into the hookers and blow, but you're into the <laughs> local dish. No, that's blowing hookers, I said. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, well, it's really cool when when people are setting up your rider and your hospitality, because generally in Europe they have a huge crowd of people in the community hall of the youth center or something. And um, to, to say we would like your local cuisine, it's kind of like saluting the people. And that they're always really, really, really good stuff. I mean, anybody that really likes food and all that. Um, so, you know, I've had all kinds of goulashes. And in, um, in what what's the name of that place? Leipzig, in Leipzig, Deutschland, they serve us haggis in a homemade loaf of bread because they, they don't, don't want to have anything to do with the sheep's stomach. So they cook this really nice bread, hollow it out, and put haggis inside of it. That's the local... Isn't that nice? And it's really good. That's a local dish. And the Moscow local dish was fish? It was fish in Moscow? Oh, there was fish all over the place in Moscow. It was really good, but the boys didn't like it. It was too salty for them. You like the salty fish, oh, though. There's nothing like a good salty fish. Actually, what are the local dishes, this quickly winding up here, Paul, from some of the cities you like to go to? Um, well, let's see. There's, um, there's lots of lamb. There's lots of garlic. There's lots of um, kind of pasty things called spetzel. Um, and it all depends on the time of year you go to as well. But, uh, hey, how come no one's phoning me? 
Could be that the phone lines are jammed. Sorry about that. Oh, well, it's okay. That's okay. I just want everybody out there in Radio Land to know that uh, if you want to call me, I'm in the book. 604-822-247, UBCCITR. But if, but if actually, owns, we, I owe money to, forget it. You're uh, not going to get a dime out of me. We also can also give you a reward for phoning there too, caller, <laughs> if you know what I mean. 604-822-247, UBCCITR. Uh, lastly, winding up here, Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's, Tartan Haggis, the band. I'm going to end the Nardwater Human Survey at Radio Show playing a track by Tartan Haggis, the band, from the Halloweeners 7-inch. What can you tell me about the connection between Tartan Haggis and the Real Mackenzies? Because they have a song called Loch Ness Monster, and I played a Real Mackenzie song called Nessie. Any similarities? Yes. Well, I remember there was a band called the Modernettes. Remember? Yes, John they Armstrong, did. And I was absolutely in love with the bass player. I would do anything for her. Anyway, um, uh, the people from Cabbages and Kinks were putting on a show, and the Modernettes were playing. This was at City Space, and they needed a backup act. Where was City Space? City Space was on Railway Street, about Railway and Gore. Is it still there? Uh, it's still there, but it's, they don't do gigs there anymore. I think it's an artist's loft or something. But uh, anyway, I had... A, they said, can you put a fuck band together? And I said, okay, give me five minutes. So I had this idea about uh, a really cool girl. And, I, you know, in retrospect, now I, I think about Jerry Jen in a little kilt with fishnets and jack boots and Wellington jacket. And she would be the tart, and we would be the haggis. Sort of like the same thing that was on the first Susie Quattro album, you know, the big lugs in the background. But they misspelled the name. And instead of tart and haggis, it was tartan haggis. And I couldn't find a girl. And so that was the first incarnate. But that's when I first had the idea to take traditional Scottish music and, you know, put a punk jive into it. And it seems to be working quite well. Caller, are you there? Of course not. Go ahead to Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's, Hans. Okay, Paul McKenzie from Real McKenzie's. Listen, I really love your shit. And, uh, well, I have no words to describe it, how much I like it. Well, because you are the honest We already guy. said you like my shit. That's a pretty yeah, good well, description. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always value the most honesty in music. And uh, whenever something becomes popular, I, fuck it, I, it's not mine anymore. Actually, question, where are you from? Uh, Poland, and that's actually a question. Yeah, listen, there was, there was a, the biggest festival in Europe called... Uh, st- uh, stop Woodstock. Uh, I don't know if that will be right translation. You, you guys ever played that place? I think it's about we 500,000 people. I think I know Killing Joke was there last year. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good gig. And Killing Joke is an excellent band. Ten years ahead yeah, it of its time. I but was now, waiting for. Uh-huh, sorry. And we go back to Poland uh, in April. I can hardly wait. I want to get some of that smoked trout. Yeah, well, those are always huge. When I left Poland, that was the biggest in Eastern Europe scene of, of punk that there ever was. And I think the punk, Polish punk was, punk was just next to the British one. I, oh, yeah, Polsky uh, punks are great, and they can handle their vodka. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what, about that, what about that booze with the little plums with the hats on the label? With a hat on the label. Yeah, it's, it's about 100 proof. It's uh, um, plum moonshine. Uh, it's really good stuff. Well, I, I don't it makes remember. everybody it makes, crazy. Uh, it's maybe they call it spiritus. It's yeah, just yeah. like a ni- yeah, it's ninety-nine percent. Yeah, that's spiritus. It's just like you know, hundred proof vodka. You know, I mean the uh, alcohol. Yeah, well, you know, it uh, it helps to break down the salty fish. 
Well, thanks so much for phoning in, caller. Actually, Paul, where are you playing in Poland? What city? Maybe I, well, exactly. What you'd have to do is go to our webpage, which is www.realmackenzies.com, and uh, look at the tour dates. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm too busy writing lyrics and doing phone interviews and running around all willy-nilly. But if you need that information, just go to the webpage and check it out. And there's lots of stupid, incriminating pictures on there, too. Well, well, thank you very much for phoning in, caller, and you can check out Rue McKenzie's next Thursday night in well, Vancouver. I'm not, I'm not going to Poland, my friend, but uh, well, my family probably will because they, they're kind of crazy about you guys, so there cool. you go. Well, keep on with that Polski punk, and if you're in town on Thursday, come down and have a beer with us. Yeah, you bet. All oh, right, man. All right, well, thanks for Hans, and do do the loot do well, so where's my ticket? Uh, almost, Hans. Do, do the loot. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, if we were to no, give away... No, that's okay. No, I'll buy a ticket. Don't worry about if it. If we were to give away the... all the tickets, we'd make no money at all. Oh. Listen, listen. I, I was joking. All oh, right. Okay, well... I'm, I'm not up to freebies. Nagla, uh, two, two. Thank you. Caller, are you there? Yeah. Go Did ahead. you guys talk about TT Racer? Go ahead, caller. Paul. Yeah. TT Racer. Oh, no. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, what about it? Well, what happened? What happened? Well, we went down to Los Angeles and uh, stirred stuff up, and it, uh, Richard Duguay quit and did the Spaghetti uh, album with Guns N' Roses, and I ended up uh, being in a punk band. No, did he actually play on the Spaghetti album? Yeah, he does. He's got a gold record and everything. What did he play? Like, extra guitar? Was he in the band, or what? Is he session guy? How did I, that happen? I think he was a Chinese food guy, um, a Sichuan guy, yeah. The delivery guy, the runner. Yeah, yeah. The studio but runner. Anyway, you know, he, that was what he was into, and I was, they went up the hill, and I went down to Silver Lake and, you know, did the punk band thing. But there was actually a time when Duff McKagan was playing uh, in the Shamrock with our band. And that was a, a great punk club down in uh, on Sunset Boulevard. It's not there anymore. But we actually had Mike Davies and um, uh, Duff McKagan in the band for a little while. Well, thanks so much for phoning in, caller. Anything else you'd like to add to Paul McKenzie? Yeah, I really dug that uh, Going Ashore video. Uh, the, go- the Mainland video. Yeah. You like that one? Oh, that's great, man. It's a pretty funny... It, 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 <laughs> We we pulled that one off for under two thousand dollars. That that was my boat, and it was the hardest work I'd done in a long time. But it was good to to have that together. And uh, what about those girls in those bikinis, huh? Beautiful. Yeah. And you weren't even singing in that video, really, were you, Paul? Like you weren't the lead singer in the mainland video. You were just a dancer. That's well, why it was so you know, hard the work, thing right? Is, is that I I do whatever I have to do to get the job done. <clears throat> and uh, at that point in time, there was uh, a few elements that uh, needed to be addressed. And you know. The, the squeaky wheel gets the attention, you know what I mean? Well, thanks so much, caller, and do do the loop. Hold on. Okay. Paul was uh, the original punk rocker. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about the original, Are but you I, mean, I was inspired in by. School there? I was inspired by. Um, the Stooges and stuff like that. And uh, and now you're going to be playing with them. And now I'm going to be playing with them. Well, thanks for hanging in with us the entire show, caller, and do do the loot do. Do do. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, Economy Canada, the Narbonne Human Servant Radio Show. And lastly here, Paul, I have to ask about the cup of soup. Do you remember the cup of soup story? 
which cup of soup? Told by A.O. Chapman. Oh, the cup of the soup. The cup of soup. Because, okay, here's the cup uh, of no, soup because story. Let, let's, give a, let's give a bit of a background here. A lot of times you interview bands about tour stories and stuff, and they got nothing, did they? They got nothing. But the real Mackenzie's, you're like a train wreck. You're like, you just go, roll into town, you wreck it, and you move on to the next town. You know, That's right. This, you burn it down, and then by the time you get back, they built it up so you can burn it down again. And there's filth involved, too, isn't there? Well, here's the way it went. Um, I wanted to take my motorcycle up to Whistler where we were playing, but the selfish drummer, Rob Ash, said that he wanted to take his motorcycle and that if he was going to play the gig that I had to drive his car up there with his drums. So again, you know, doing anything to make the band happen, I did it. And then um, the next day... um, we were supposed to go down to Black's in Whistler, and we were about 20 miles out, staying in a little cabin up there. And it was raining, and he had taken his car and his motorcycle keys, so we had to to walk there. So it was kind of um, a precarious situation. So anyway, um, I get up, and they had made breakfast in this this A-frame, and do you think that they cleaned up? No, they left a hell of a mess for me to take care of, and I had to boil the pan that they cooked their breakfast in to get the stuff off of it. That's how, how badly it was. So anyway, I'm looking at Raven McLeod, the piper at the time. I'm born in McLeod, Juno Award winners. He was in the band at the time. And I says, you know, McLeod, if this was the Depression, I could probably use this as a really good soup stock. And he says, wow, let's do it. So we ended up putting a little bit of everything, and, you know, Raven was stirring it with his toes, and I think he sat in it for a a second to wash out his tuckus and put soap and everything in. And by the time we were ending it, it looked like a really nice goulash, and everybody, we we had a, a little note. Now, if I left a horrible mess in the kitchen in the dining room and went away and came back to a note, we made some soup for you. Eat it all up. I would be extremely suspicious. But these knuckleheads ate it all up, and apparently it's, uh, it came out the other end almost immediately for days. That actually wasn't what I was thinking about, although that's amazing. This was a story about you guys, I think, in Oregon, maybe Salem, Oregon or something, and you were staying at somebody's house, and you weren't too happy with the person, so you put cup of soup into the shower head, like you unscrewed the shower head. Oh, put- that's, that's Aaron. That's totally Aaron Chapman. He would do things like that. He would put um, peanut butter on toilet paper rolls, and he would put, um, he would put neat into sh- uh, shampoo bottles, things like that. Well, yeah, it was like so when somebody went to the shower and turned on the shower, a cup of soup would rain on them. Yeah, that but, was the but, cup. Uh, you know, he, um, he's quite an inventive character, and I hope that he doesn't get charged with m- malicious mischief at some point in his life. And then lastly, 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 Amigos. That is the place where every Canadian band has to play, isn't oh, it, Paul? Yeah. You've, been f- you've, you've had some wild times at Amigos, haven't you? Oh, yes, we've had really wild times at Amigos. There was something about you being on the stairs of Amigos and it's being trampled over, right? Uh-huh. Well, we played there quite a, quite a number of times and uh, you'd, you'll have to read the book because these the stories, you know, I can wax rhapsodic for hours and hours about all of the, the times that we've uh, toured Canada. Just in this band alone, we've probably gone to and fro over 20 or 30 times. What about hitting a cop? You actually hit a cop and got away with it and then she came to the gig? Uh, well, um, it was it was more like this. It was at the Sidetrack Cafe in Edmonton, 
and we were backing up a comedian from Newfoundland. So anyway, I, I go up to get some water, and I feel this tarantula-like creature crawling up my leg and digging its claws into my right-hand glutamus maximus. So I look at it, it's this woman who's got her hand up my kilt, digging her claws into my flesh, into my ass. So I just took um, the back of her arm and pinched it. So we, and you know, I said, like, get your, get your hand off of me sort of thing, huh? So uh, we play the show, and I'm getting everything together, and uh, the manager comes up and says, uh, we've received a complaint from one of our, our patrons, and she's an off-duty Edmonton policewoman. So here she is in the office, boo-hoo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, look what you did to me. You know, she's got a bruise on the back of her little arm now. And so I'm letting her, letting her cry, and, you know, the guy's saying, this, this could be quite serious. She, she's probably going to want to press charges. And I says, okay, 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 just let it put the reel on drag and let the fish swim out a bit. And I says, okay, so if you really want to go like that, I want forensic swabbing underneath your fingernails, and there you will find my DNA. Now, I think it's called conduct and becoming of an officer, don't you? And all of a sudden, the tears dry up, and everything's good, and the guy's giving me a two for a beer to shut up about it, and I stole a chair, and I still have that chair. Well, thank you so much for phoning into the Nardwater Human Serviette Record Show here. Yeah. Is there anybody from the sidetrack listening? You're not getting your chair back. Paul McKenzie, next Thursday night at Richards on Richards. You've got, we've got a great lineup. Three guitar players, Nardwater. Count them. Three. The real McKenzie's, and we can reward some listeners to the fifth. When, when you say goodbye to me, can you do the Sweet Judy Blue Eyes thing instead of what you normally do? Probably not, because I'm useless at learning new things. But, Paul, 604... Come on, do it. 604-822-247, UBCCITR for the fifth caller. You'll be Carson, rewarded Matt for listening to this interview. If you want to go to the gig to, for free next Thursday night at Richards and Richards, 604-822. No, don't give it away for free. Get something. Well, they, well, okay. Well, make them give you a wagon wheel or something. There's well, something Canadian. No, no, well, they, no, they're giving me something by uh, listening to the show. That's what they're doing. Okay, by well, you better bring something nice to eat then. Yes, exactly. And we're going to end now with Tartan Haggis with their song Loch Ness Monster. That's you, Paul. Yeah, that's a little 45 called Halloweeners. There's, um, there's also another song on there called Dead Zoo by the Enigmas. And uh, I do a Peter Lorre impersonation on it. It's, it's quite compelling. Actually, it's Monsters in the Basement on this particular one that I have. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Paul. Why should people care about the real Mackenzies? Well, because of the fact that we are international ambassadors in terms of Canadian Scottish heritage. A lot of people say, what's with the Scottish-Canadian thing? And it, it's up to us to let them know that the Scottish roots are deeply, deeply ingrained in Canadian culture. Well, and if you don't believe me, just ask John A. McDonald. Well, thanks very much, Paul. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do. Have a good one. That doesn't quite good, work, Paul. Goodbye, everyone out there on UBC Radio Land. Be that, good or be really bad. See you Thursday. Uh, Paul, do do the loot do. Do do.
everybody here from the Bendy Google Bogo. In for lots of trouble with the monster. Call on this monster. He is a monster. Call on this monster. Following is a live presentation of CITR News.